Welcome to Impetus Podcast. Today, we bring you a brand new episode of Expert Speak, where our panelists share powerful insights on everything cloud, data, analytics, and AI. Hi, I'm Larry Pearson, Vice President and Client Partner at Impetus Technologies, where we specialize in what I like to call all things data. And we help large enterprises in their quest to be data-driven enterprises. And to do that most effectively, it's necessary that we help them establish what is commonly referred to as a single source of truth with regard to their operations and their decision-making. And I've got my colleague, Chris Ellis, with me today. Chris is a Regional Director of Field Operations with Impetus and has over 20 years of experience working directly with large enterprises as a consulting partner. And the challenges related to digital transformation are top of mind today for most enterprises, and that most often involves the cloud. So our discussion today will focus on the top 10 best practices for migrating analytics to the cloud. And thank you, Chris, uh, uh, for joining us to share your thoughts today uh, with our audience. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, you know, excited to talk about this topic. Uh, I actually did a blog earlier this year around these top 10 best practices because, you know, every every situation is unique. However, um, just from my experience, I've found that there's, you know, some common uh, best practices that can be employed to give the best chance of success in, in performing that migration to the cloud. Excellent. Well, listen, let's jump right in. Chris, in your experience, what is the best way to get started when doing a migration to the cloud? Well, it, the, the best thing is always to have a good plan. And you've got to have a good plan before you get started because you don't want to just jump in uh, and without understanding what that roadmap needs to look like. So, it's often considered a dirty word, uh, you know, with some of our clients, but it's an assessment is required. And and what that assessment is going to do is a few different things. It's going to give you a current state. So being able to really understand what is that current state architecture, uh, what are the queries that are running, what are the different workloads um, and dependencies that are in there uh, in order to help you build out what does that future state look like. So that's really getting into that second piece, that future state is going to be, what is that architecture? What are the goals? Um, you know, my requirements, making sure that, you know, going from that current state to getting to that future state and that I know exactly what does, uh, what the Shangri-La looks like at the end of the path. And then finally, you know, as part of that assessment, I want to get a migration plan. So how do I get from that point A to point B and really being able to lay out the various steps uh, and breaking up the tasks and making it, uh, you know, a very feasible, logical plan to get there. You know, and, and within that, you want to understand you know, those, those dependencies between uh, various artifacts, tables, as well as the complexity. So I know exactly, you know, how big is this bread box that I'm taking on? And that's really one thing that uh, at Impetus we do very well. We actually bring a lot of automation uh, throughout that assessment process, really shorten it and get you focusing on on building that future state and that migration plan. And in implementing that plan, what do you then find to be the biggest challenge? Well, there's a couple things I would I would actually say to that. You number one is the human element. And it is the most important thing in the entire migration. Um, you've got to have the right buy-in, you've got to have the inputs from all your various stakeholders, or you'll never be successful. And you know, I actually had a client once tell me that 80% uh of this migration to the cloud was was people, and the twenty percent was technology, and he said that could always be solved with math. Uh, but it's really you get 
you have to change people's mindsets to embrace that future because people are used to doing things a certain way and you're getting them out of their comfort zone. So it's very important to not just uh, get them on board, but get their inputs, have them be part of that process in order to uh, really get that alignment from the entire organization that everyone is ready and willing to move forward. The other part I was going to say is really being ready to start. So often, you know, we're, it sounds great. We want to make the move, but, you know, organizations aren't always ready to go and have everything lined up, um, you know, and that, you know, from as a vendor uh, working with organizations that can often be uh, making sure that we get access set up and are we really ready to get started when we say we are, uh, that's going to be the key in order to get the project started and started on time because the last thing you want to do is start, you know, four weeks behind and you're already under the gun. So those are a couple of challenges that I see. Interesting. I know one of the things that always comes up is uh, we've got a set of native tools running in the enterprise data warehouse, whether that's for uh, BI and queries and all of the different analytics that have gone on there for quite some time. Do you find people are wanting to move to all cloud native tools or find some way to retain uh, the use of some of their existing tools? That is a, that's probably an impossible question. Honestly, it's, uh, it's a case-by-case basis. I would say half the clients are looking to go all cloud native. Others are looking to retain either part or all of what they've got today. So it's, it's really part of that building that future state plan and what that needs to be. And, and having that fit your objectives. And really, cloud native is beautiful because it is all well integrated. It's all in the cloud. Uh, you know, they're, these cloud providers are, are investing heavily in these technologies. So you're getting really the best uh, in the latest technology. So there's a lot of benefits. But, you know, on the other hand, if you've already invested in other technologies, why take on the cost? You're also now asking your users to change from one technology to another. So there's going to be some pains there. So there's really, uh, you know, you, you can go either way. And it's really a case-by-case basis um, that should be evaluated with any project. Okay, great. Very helpful. What is the best way to, to manage uh, what may be some of their largest and most complex transformations? Might involve lots of data queries, ETL code, and so forth. Have you found some best practices that might apply there? Yeah, sure, Larry. So when it comes to taking on you know, a large migration, you're dealing with you know, quite often thousands and thousands of queries. You've got an ETL tool that you're looking to migrate. There's just many different factors, um, not to mention maybe this is your, your first time to the cloud. So the, the question comes up, how do I make this something easier because you know, not only is it their cost and time involved, but there's a significant amount of risk. And many of these projects are not successful. And so I would say as part of you know, the planning process, you know, one of the, the key things that I find uh, works very well is really to break up the project into multiple workloads. And this is understanding the dependencies between workloads, tables, uh, data sets, and being able to say, if I've got one big project, how can I make it into, say, three or four different phases? Now, I can work some of those phases concurrently, but by breaking it up, it allows me, and and part of that goal when I'm breaking it up is I want to be able to take that end-to-end. And so that that phase one is so critical because you're really trying to to build uh, 
some momentum to be able to evangelize that success. So if I can take something that's relatively small, um, has few dependencies on on the rest of the uh, the other workloads, and be able to take that end to end, I start to you know prove it out end to end. Now, okay, so okay, now we're getting a good feel for this. Uh, we've already started our phase two, and you know things are starting to build, and we've you know gone through some growing pains along the way. But now we're getting more and more success, and now while I'm in phase two, I can start some of those phase three activities. And now I'm I'm doing running this in an agile format, and it's allowing me to uh, learn along the way, employ those learnings into the next phase, and do them one at, uh, and build more and more success. Now the other piece I would say to this is once you get to something that you know where the scale is so large, we want to really use automation and accelerators, and that's one thing that we bring with Impetus is a tremendous amount of automation in converting that code. So if I'm, say, on Oracle today and I want to put everything into Redshift on AWS, I need to, the ability to you know, be able to use automation so that I'm not having to manually transform 10,000 queries. I'm going to do that in a fraction of the time, a fraction of the risk, and certainly less cost in order to do so. So those are a couple things that would uh, be key considerations for any large project. Excellent, Krista. There's some other considerations in uh, in closing that you think our audience should be aware of when transforming to the cloud. Yeah, I'd say in closing, you know, look at this as not necessarily a big risk, but really an opportunity for change. And it's it's not just the technologies you know that are going to provide this great benefit, but it's also a great time to retrain your staff, uh, get them you know educated on you know some of the latest and greatest technologies. It's going to improve their careers. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to grow and and really reinvigorate your organization. That also is true when it comes to processes, right? Now, you may have been doing things in a very traditional way. You know, have you employed DevOps, uh, CICD, you know, are you using Agile in your development? You know, this is a great time to say, hey, let's start employing some of these new processes and take advantage of the benefits there. And then also, you know, make sure that you decommission that legacy. So it's not just like, yay, we're great, we're on the new system. But part of the whole return on investment is we need to get off of these expensive, slower legacy systems and and realize the benefits. So once we've decommissioned that, now we're taking costs out. You know, everyone is uh, obviously going to be pretty happy with that. And then finally, the one thing I would close with is always be evangelizing your success. I mentioned that earlier, and it is so critical uh, because it's the way to get that next project and to get more funding for that next project and um, really builds, you know, positive, uh, you know, change in your, in your organization. Thank you, Chris, for your valuable insights today. And I hope our listeners all found them to be quite useful. For those of you who are listening, if you have other questions or would like to reach us, you can do that at, by emailing podcast at impetus.com. And our subject matter expert panel will respond, uh, will be sure to respond back. I want to thank you all for uh, joining us today and have a great uh, balance of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do follow us to stay connected as we help you unravel the data, cloud, analytics, and AI puzzle. You can also look us up on LinkedIn and Twitter or visit our website, www.impetus.com. Meanwhile, we hope you take good care of yourself and stay safe during these unprecedented times. Thank you for listening and watch this space for our next episode.